Well, good evening. Appreciate the opportunity to be here at Gospel Baptist Church and be able to preach in the evening service here at Gospel Baptist Church. Um, God has been so good to us and appreciate the opportunity that this avenue that we do still have the opportunity to hear God's word from God's preachers. Um, just a quick note and quick word before I get into the message here tonight. i just let you know how many of you probably have been thinking and and wondering how Misty was doing, but Misty is doing well, uh, considering, and uh, she's going through rehab right now, or therapy, and so just wanted to give you a heads up, appreciate your prayers for us, I am still currently going into the jail at, there at Naples, and so God's given us that, and I appreciate the opportunity to minister during these um, crazy times that we're living in. Tonight, what I'd like to do is bring you a message, and the message is entitled, sightless love, sightless love. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 8, it says, whom having not seen, ye loved. Whom having not seen, ye loved. And then the rest of the verse says, and whom, though you see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. The key thought that I want to bring to you tonight and pull out of this passage of Scripture is whom having not seen, ye love. And it's a sightless love. And I want to ask you a question. The question that I want to present to you is this. Do you believe that you can love someone without seeing them? Before you answer that, I want you to stop and I want you to just kind of think and ponder over that question. And I'm going to give you an illustration, a true illustration, that you'll begin to see that... Um, sightless love is possible. It's approximately probably four years, maybe even four and a half years ago. I remember um, my oldest son, Branson, he was looking for a young lady. He was looking for somebody that uh, to spend his life with. And, and I remember as he was kind of looking and, and dating and viewing other girls. And one particular day, Pastor Bill called me. And as he called me, he began to just ask me how I was doing, what was going on, and how the boys were doing. And I just shared with him the simple thing. I said, would you pray with me? Branson's looking for a godly young lady. Would you just pray with me? And he said he would. And, you know, I, I finished talking to him and didn't think anymore really about that. Later that evening, I got a text from Pastor Bill. Pastor Bill sent me this text, and he, it said this. Here is a young lady in our church. I asked her permission and uh, if she would like to possibly communicate with Branson. Here is her email address. So I took that email address. I remember I got home that evening and uh, I brought it and I came to my son Branson. I said, son, I said, here is a, uh, here's an email. Pastor Bill Lytell sent this to us and, and it's a young lady. If you'd like to talk to her communicate through, through email, here's our email address. If you don't, that's fine as well. Well, you probably kind of are putting things together already. Well, what that ended up was the emails between Branson and Hannah, which is was then was Hannah Knott, um, they began to start. And it went from emails to texting. It went from texting to phone calls. And then it went from phone calls to eventually FaceTime. Now, FaceTime was a period of time 
that it was a little small period of time before they even, this is the first time they've ever saw each one, one another. But here's what I want you to get from this, and I want you to see this. They've seen each other, and I asked, by the way, I asked Branson and Hannah for their permission to communicate this. Um, and I just, and Branson told me this, I didn't know this. He said within the first week, they both knew that it was God's will for them to get married. And they began to develop love for one another. They began to develop love in their lives. And by the way, this portion of scripture that we're going to look at here in 1 Peter chapter number 1, verses 1 through 8, um, you're going to see that. You're going to see that in these group of people, these Jews, these Christian believers, uh, what was taking place. Uh, the Apostle Paul saw the Lord Jesus Christ with his own eyes. Or excuse me, not Paul, Peter. The Apostle Peter saw the Lord Jesus Christ with his own eyes. He heard Jesus' words. He saw the resurrected Savior. Peter called himself an eyewitness. Peter was writing here in 1 Peter to people who were suffering because of their Christian faith. Now get this. These people had never seen the Lord Jesus Christ. They never had seen him. And Peter's trying to encourage them. Peter's trying to help them to realize that you can love someone without seeing them. And, and by the way, that's what they were doing. And we see this here, and I'm gonna take it'll take us into our first point in just a moment, but I want to read you the scripture because I want you to see about the sightless love. Verse number one of 1 Peter says this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. And we're, don't forget, we're looking at the sightless love or unseen love. It says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, which according, now get this, and once you begin to see this, this love, this powerful love that God has for us, we can see God's love. It's an unseen love. And we see it, His abundant mercy. Abundant is more than you need of. It's, in, it's an overflowing. God's given us abundant mercy. Now get this, because this is very important. Mercy is not getting what we do desire or what we do deserve. Mercy is something that we need. And God is showing his love to these people, these Jewish Christians. God's showing his love. By the way, he also shows his love to us through this. And we see his abundant mercy hath begotten unto, begotten unto us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, keep seeing this love. An inheritance. God gives us an inheritance. When we become his child, he doesn't say, you're my child and we're done with you. God's preparing a place for us. And not only is he preparing a place, but it's an incorruptible place. Praise God for that. And we see that it's undefiled. The fadeth not away, and I like this, it's reserved in heaven for you. Are you seeing this unseen love? I hope you are. Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God. I like that too. That's some good stuff here. Are kept by the power of God. God keeps us. It's God's power that keeps us. It's not our goodwill. It's not our ability. It's God. 
And I'm thankful that we have a God who can keep us and keeps us safe. We're in his hands. It says, by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6, wherein you greatly rejoice. Look at this. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, whom having not seen, ye love, in whom though ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. So we see the sightless love. We begin to see the power of unseen love. We have a sightless love. We love him, though we have never seen him, just like these Christian Jews here. They never saw him, but they began to love him. Why did they love him? Well, we see that God has given to us in our day, in our society, he has given us the greatest love letter that has ever been written, and that is right here we have it, God's Word, the Bible. We have the greatest love letter that was ever given to us. This is God's way of communicating, speaking to us. But this communication is just not from God's Word. This communication also involves prayer. And prayer is our way to communicate with God. What God is saying is this. I can be trusted. Not me, Him. God can be trusted. Relationships must be based upon trust. If you can't trust their words, you don't have a good relationship. And we see God's love for us in the Bible. And by the way, I just kind of pull back that illustration for a minute. Branson and Hannah's relationship started with words. It started with communication, and they began to communicate truth to one another. And they began, began to develop a relationship and began to realize they can trust what the one says to the other. And they can believe it. And that relationship is being built upon trust. And God does that same process in our lives. And He shows us the power of His love, this unseen love, in His Word. 1 John 4, 9, we see the power of the unseen love, says this, And this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might, through, that we might live through Him. God is showing His love. God is manifesting. I think of uh, the Bible, and I think of Romans 5, 8, but God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so God is proving. He's manifesting. By the way, I think about uh, in Matthew chapter number 5, I believe it's verse number 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, that's not the visible God, but that's just showing the evidence of God. That's showing the power of God. And God's power and God's presence can be evident in your life without you seeing the physical Almighty God. And we also see in John 3.16, everyone knows this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, here it is, but have everlasting life. God is proving. He's showing his love. In our relationship with Christ, 
we learn more of the depth of His love. When we learn more of the depth of His love for us, our love for Him grows. Here's just a few things I like to put under this. First of all, His love goes to the undeserved. His love goes to the undeserved. And, and I, as I think about that, boy, there's none of us in this room, there's none of us in this world that deserves God's love. There's nothing that we've ever done or can do to deserve His love. And that's why I'm so thankful in that passage that I read to you earlier, His abundant mercy. God, praise God for His abundant mercy. What is that? He's showing us His love. And His love goes to the undeserved. And I have, I have people ask me this on a, a continuous basis. Uh, Brother Steve, how do you do what you do going into the jails, going into the prisons? How do you do that, especially when you know their background, especially when you know what they did? Well, you know what? I can't look at what they did. I can't concentrate on what they did. I can't do those things. But because of God's great love for me that he gave me and that I did not deserve, I need to do the same for others. And that's the only way I can do that. God has empowered that. He's given that love, and we'll see that in just a few minutes. But we see His love goes to the undeserved. Boy, you, if you think you deserve God's love, you, uh, you're in for something. None of us deserve it. I don't care how good a Christian you may think you are, but we need, we need His love. His love, I'm thankful for this, His love is greater than our sin. Boy, how many times have I heard as I went into facilities, and by the way, not just facilities, I've went into churches where people say, how can God love me with what I did? I'm so glad that God's love is greater than our sin, is greater than our sin. He covers our sin. He forgives our sin. He cleanses of our sin. I'm thankful for God who loves us and shows us the power of his unseen love. Not only is his love greater than our sin, his love is to be expressed to others. His love is to be expressed to others. The devil does not want people to hear a message like this because their hearts will be moved by God's love for them. Once you hear that again, the devil does not want people to hear a message like this because their hearts will be moved. Because they'll begin to see that there is a God who cares. There is a God who wants to help. There is a God can help. And they want that. Uh, in my pocket, I try to carry tracks. And uh, one of the tracks that I, that I really like, of course, I like all of them. They're all great. But one that I've really been using, especially this week, is this little track here. You are loved more than you know. You are loved more than you know. You know, people like to know that they're loved. And this is our way to go to others. And I pray that you're still giving out tracts, even though we're not being able to assemble together in church, we're still to be light and to give and light out. And he wants us to express that love. The love that we receive, share it with someone else. Because you don't know what your story or your testimony, how it can work in the heart, in the life of someone else. So we see the power of unseen love. Now we're going to progress on. We're going to go a little bit farther. Not only do we see the power of unseen love, but the priority of undivided love. The priority of undivided love. In Colossians 1.18, it says this, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Now get this, because this is, again, this is important. 
that in all things he might have the preeminence. In all things that he might have the preeminence. I looked up the word preeminence because I want to know specifically, God's put that word in the word of God, and I want to know why. What's it there for? What's he want me to get from this? The word preeminence says this. It's superiority in excellence. I like this one. This is my favorite. Priority in place or priority of place. You say, what are you trying to say, Brother Steve? This is what I'm trying to say. God is to be number one in our hearts and in our lives. That's what he wants. He wants the preeminence. He is to be above all other things. The word love God, I looked this up, and the word love God is given 310 times in the Bible. Love, as you know, is the first fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. As we consider the love of self, by the way, I'm going to just touch this and keep moving. You and I do love ourselves. You let us get in a little pain, and you find out we, we begin searching for some type of relief. We do care about ourselves. We do love ourselves, and we got to be careful of that. But it says the love of self, the love of others. Now get this, because it's getting close. This is getting, you know, where the rubber meets the road. The love of family, the love of friends, the love of things or even the love of this world. Christ is trying to teach us that we that he must be preeminent. He must have first place. In my Bible reading, also in RU, as I've been going through the challenges, this has just been hitting me. It's been nailing me. And uh, it's this verse. It's Matthew 22, 37. And by the way, it's actually, I'm going to read you 37 through 40. And it says this, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And are you, if you're familiar with it, are you, the soul is this, your mind, your will, which is your desires, and your emotions. Wow. When I begin to look at Steve Ludwig, and I'm, when I begin to evaluate myself, does Christ, does Jesus Christ have the preeminence? Is he number one or am I number one? Is he number one or is my family number one? Is he number one or the things that I want number one? Wow. I don't know about you. That puts deep conviction in my heart. And that makes me realize, hey, there's some things that God wants. Number With this, he wants preeminence. He wants number one. Let me read you the rest of that. It says. Um, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love, love is characterized by Christians. 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. This love cannot be manufactured. God has given, or excuse me, God has agape love. And he bestows this agape love as we get to love him and spend more time with him and trust him more. He gives us that love. It's the fruit of the spirits, number one. And we see in Romans 5, 5, and hope maketh not a shame 
because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And so God wants to have priority of an undivided love. If I take you to Revelation chapter number three, God said, I'd rather that you be hot or cold. He doesn't want us to be lukewarm. He doesn't want to be status quo. He wants us to be hot. It's what he wants. He said, I'd rather be hot or cold. God has a desire, and that desire is to have preeminence in our lives. And may we give him the preeminence that he wants. And so we see the preeminence here that's taking place that he wants in our lives. But by the way, with this preeminence, I just want to prepare you. Uh, there's a cost. Uh, persecutions. Boy, you ever find out as you get married and have kids, love cost. <laughs> love will cost you something. And by the way, as a born-again believer, you say, hey, I want to love him with all my heart. Let me tell you something, it will cost you something. But what you what it does cost you, it will be well worth it and beyond. Let me share with you a portion of Scripture in First Peter here where we're at. I want you to see that these these Jewish Christians, boy, they were going through some things. They were scattered abroad. There was persecution taking place. And uh, God has a purpose for these things. And it, it's to get us priority, set priorities. Put him number one. Listen to verses 6 and 7 of 1 Peter chapter number 1. It says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, now get this, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. These people were going through some persecution. If you say, hey, I want to live for God, it will cost you something. It will, it will cost. But let me tell you something, he's doing this. He allows us to go through these things because sometimes things get out of order. And God's trying to place the order back in the way he wants it. So, number one, we see the power of unseen love. Number two, we see the priority of undivided love. And then lastly, number three, we see the purifying of ultimate love. The purifying of ultimate love. Ultimate, the word ultimate, I looked that up, means this, final. Being that to which all the rest is directed. Boy, this the power of unseen love, the priority of honor, it, what is the purpose? What is it taking us to? What's the direction? What is the main object? It is the purifying of ultimate love. That's what is the purpose is. There is real power in love. And then we definitely know that. If we love the Lord Jesus Christ, we do not have to be begged to do things for him. Let me say that again. If we truly love him, by the way, love is a word that we use flippantly in our society. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Let me tell you something. Love is more than just saying it. Love is sharing it. Love is showing it. Love is these types of things. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to teach us. He wants us to have that purifying, go through these things so we can have the ultimate love, which is the love of Christ. Goes on here, as I have written down, when people do not serve the Lord, now get this, don't get mad at me, I'm just, I'm just proclaiming what God has given me. 
When we don't serve the Lord, it's evident that we do not love the Lord. It's evident. If we really love Him, we desire to serve Him. Matthew 20, chapter 20, verse number 26 through 28 says this, But it shall be not among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Verse 28, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Boy, the Lord Jesus Christ said, hey, you, you want this love? Hey, learn to serve others. See, a lot of times when God wants us to serve him, God puts people in our lives. And when we serve those people, we are in essence, we're serving him. We're serving because we're doing what he wants us to do. We're showing the love of Christ in us. And, and is coming through us to these other people. And that's why we're to be light. That's how we are light, by this love, this great love. What motivates us most should be our love for Him. That should motivate us. We should be motivated to do what we do because we love Him, not because we have to. Anytime we're doing things with the wrong motive, now get this, we will not find fulfillment or happiness. But living for Jesus Christ because we love Him is deeply fulfilling. Now, I'm going to show you in this passage of Scripture, these people who went through these things, God was showing them His love, and they were showing their love back to Him. And not only was He showing their love, they, they began to, God took them through circumstances to get help them to get their priorities straight. And not only did God do that, but we also see God was purifying them for a purpose, and that was for great joy. Verse number 8 of 1 Peter 1 says this, Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom, though ye now see him not, yet believing, now get, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Boy, when you begin to see God work in your life, and you begin to serve Him and say, God, I love you, and I not only do I say it with my words, but I want to show you with my service. I want to do whatever you want me to do, wherever you tell me to do, I want to do that. And when we do that, God says there's going to be joy, unspeakable and full of glory. But not only do we see that purification of that, but this we see also in the verse before that, verse number 7. It says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, there's the purifying, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. God was purifying these Christians. God wants to purify us as his children. And what does he want? He wants us to serve him and to love him with all our heart so that he gets the praise, so he gets the honor, so he gets the glory. By the way, that's the only thing that's going to matter is the things we do for the Lord Jesus Christ and doing it because we love him, not because we have to. So I want to encourage you with this, uh, this message here tonight. I want to encourage you, boy, look at your life. Uh, begin to look at the power and see God's love for you. And, and look at your life and what are the priorities in your life? And then in the circumstances that he's allowing you to go through, God's allowing you to go through these, why? To purify you 
that he can have glory, and he can have praise, and he can have honor. By the way, that's what it's about. It's about glorifying and praising him. That one day we can stand before him and he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.